This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is still clinging on to the hope of a top four finish. Ah, the beautiful bank holiday weather was matched by a beautiful result against the much loathed champions of Europe elect, or Liverpool to you and me. Uh, Antonio Conte put in a tactical masterclass. Mo Salah, the new Messi, apparently had only one contribution of note, and that was to get booked for a pathetic dive. I'm told he's still in Rudiger's pocket. Uh, if that wasn't enough, Oli Giroud is still my main man, as he scored the winner, his fifth in four games. The real Bakayoko turned up. Alonso nearly scored the goal of the season. Hazard was back to his dazzling best. Moses has learned to cross. And of course, N'Golo Kante was imperious. And if all that wasn't enough... Thanks to Spurs going all Spursy and Chelsea beating Liverpool, we still have the chance of sneaking into the top four. Glorious unpredictability. Don't you just love it? I do. Trademark. Anyway. Trademark, sorry. Trademark Mark Worrell. <laughs> I should always say after I use that. I mean, bizarrely enough, Marco, I wrote the article for Yahoo and I didn't quite trademark you, but I did credit credit the saying to you. If you if you can be bothered to go and find it, you'll see what I've done there. Anyway, uh, the name of this show is the Chelsea Fancast number four hundred and twenty five. Hope it is that simple. We have hope uh, now. Uh, I know I, I'm, I, I don't need hope because I know that I have three fantastic people with me tonight. The first of whom, of course, is as always, Mister Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> How the I'm devil really, are you, sir? I'm um, full of the joys of the newly discovered summer, or whatever it is, this bit of sun we're having, which has uh, mm. made my spirit mm. soar. I mean, it did help us winning at the weekend. Is your sap rising, Jonathan? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, Marco. That would be lovely. I bet I'll go and have a look in the mirror in a minute. Um, but yes, 
Yes, very lovely. Thank you. Very enjoyable. As I say, it does help the team winning, of course. Once there is a spring in one's step immediately after that happens. So, uh, it, particularly with such good style, I enjoyed it immensely. Are you eating your breakfast? I'm having a small snack before we start. Because I always well, find I get very peckish, very peckish. And uh, and so that's it. There will be no eating after this. I'm just um, okay. I'm having a bit of tuna. I'm having to do a tuna, a bit of tuna and a bit of bread. Is that okay? Well, yeah. Just keep the keep the fork scraping on the bowl to the minimum. <laughs> anyway, nothing. as always. Finished. Nothing lovely. here. Lovely. Love. What? 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 Finished it. Finished it. Nothing here left. Good. Well done. Jonathan's finished <laughs> his tuna. There's nothing more to say than that. Apart from, hello, Mr. Marco. Glorious unpredictability, Worrell. Buonasera, Ciginio. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm very right. good. I'm very good. good. I, um, yeah, I, yeah. I think my, my sap has risen as well. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Well, it, so it should do. It's kind of uh, late spring. It's uh, definitely that time for sap rising. Uh, it was good to see you, as always, on Saturday, Mark. Uh, and I, I am now the proud owner, because they tweeted them to me. But we met these lovely guys from Malaysia called UD oh, and Noor. Yes. And uh, my, your, your fame never, ever, ever fails to impress and surprise me. You know, there were these Malaysian lads all kind of being very deferential to me and, and saying what an honour it was to meet the famous Stamford Chidge. Uh, and as soon as they saw Mark at the CFC UK stand, they they abandoned me like the spent <laughs> toy at Christmas and went into the arms and the bosom of Mark Worrell. Go, you are Mark Worrell. You are Mark Worrell. And I just I thought, how does he that. do it? He's, he is so yeah, famous. Wajudi, he's got the best name ever, hasn't he? Wajudi Wacky he? Man. Yeah, man. They were great. They were lovely. I got some great picks. Uh, they took a great one of... Uh, you lot at the stall, and uh, there was another one that uh, they took just of you, actually, in UD, which I will, I will whack on Twitter so you can make a copy. But it was great fun seeing them. Always great to see Marco at the stall. Sadly, the last time, I think, this season, unless you're there for the Legends game. Are you there for the Legends game? I'm not, no. Are you, are you there? You're not no. there tomorrow, are you? No, mate. I've got to work tomorrow night, so uh, that's my, that was my last visit to the CFC, CFC UK stall this season. Which is arguably, Marco, my favourite moment of the day, believe it or not. I do love bumping into all of you lot, but there you go. I should say at this juncture, mate, well done, uh, as always and as ever, for manning that stall through uh, hail uh, and snow and rain and the odd bit of sun. You do a fantastic job there, and it is, it is hugely appreciated by all and sundry, I can, I can confirm. It's not been a bad season for... Um... Weather-wise, in, in fact, I think it was only it was was it the, was it the Tottenham game when it rained? I can't remember. Oh, I can't was, remember either. It rained in my heart. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, no. I'll tell you when it was. It was the West Ham game. It poured down with rain all day. I think that's the only day this season that it's not been much fun on that store because of the well, weather. You, you do a fine job, mate. You do a fine job. Now, uh, somebody else who does a fine job and. Uh, Last but by no means least, the uh, the wonderful uh, Liam Toomey, who is the Chelsea football correspondent of ESPN and a big, big friend of this show. Liam, great to have you back as always, mate. Great to be back, guys. Lovely to talk Chelsea on a tropical English evening. <laughs> yes, I've, I've got I've got to say, Liam, it, it's it's got decidedly less tropical 
in not so sunny Winchester. Uh, it has been beautiful all day and now it's grey and slightly windy and I've had to shut the window. It's actually got quite chilly, but there you go. Uh, I'm uh, sure you'll warm us all up because I know I know that you will have hot news from the uh, the press conference later on, won't you? Oh, yeah. Antonio Conte deals solely in hot news these days, yeah, as, as we all know. Uh, it's more okay. more like we just have to pay great attention. We, we all have there to pay go. great well, attention, Chich. Do is that what he said? That's what he always says. I repeat, we, we miss I repeat, him. You must pay great attention. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Although I'm not, I, I wouldn't hazard an Italian accent. I'd leave that to Marco. He, he's pretty good at it. <laughs> all right, we better get on with the old show because we've been waffling on already. Seven minutes has gone, and it's already, uh, it's already. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I've already lost the plot. I mean, it's clearly I'm just suffering from uh, massive hope delusion. Anyway, we'll talk, talk more about that in a minute. Uh, on the show tonight, we will in fact be discussing how Conte finally made the three-five-two work and why Bakayoko's performance offers hope for the future. Uh, in part two, uh, we discuss Hazard making Salah look like the player we remember. Alonso, Moses, Giroud, and is there really still hope that we can actually make the top four? And does it make the end of the season more exciting or just more bloody frustrating? Uh, in part three, uh, we've got the usual parish notices and we're going to have a look ahead to tomorrow night's match against Huddersfield. And uh, Liam can then tell us uh, indeed uh what antonio conte said in his press conference today because he was there uh we're also going to say best wishes to sir alex ferguson who as we know uh underwent uh, emergency surgery for a brain hemorrhage which is which is not fun uh so we wish the big man all the best we'll do that properly later and uh we'll also say a big well done to the chelsea ladies on their fa cup final victory so there you go uh part four we have and i kid you not we have some great emails to read out on the fancast tonight, including pictures for those of you listening in black and white. So uh, look forward to that. Right, oh, do I not forget. Not that you... can't what, what, what? I can describe the pictures, haven't you? You can. That is, in fact, what has been uh, requested of you. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward uh, slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, uh, as so many do. Uh, in fact, there are many of you in there. Vinda Blue, a Rivero, Sean B, R. Paranuzzi, Andrew Self, Baba Chelsea, Hazardous 17, the mysterious, uh, I say the mysterious Bonnie Rig Blues, because I've yet to meet this person, and I really would like to have a beer with him sometime soon. Uh, the wonderful If She Don't Come, Joe the Blue, Tony Glover, who is listening in the shower. He is that dedicated. The lovely Matt Jazz. Our favourite, our favourite Eastern European, Mr. Matt Jazz Hackett, uh, Paul Crowder, all the way from Los Angeles. Loads of people in there. Lovely to see you all in there. And apologies for those of you who tuned in yesterday, uh, because you all forgot or you weren't listening last week when I said that uh, Mrs. Chidge uh, bans me from doing podcasts on a bank holiday Monday. So that's why we are here on a Tuesday now. Uh, the other thing, of course, you can always tweet us at Chelsea Fancast. Uh, always a good way to get in touch with us and grab our attention. Uh, and now the other final thing before we get on with the show properly is, of course, uh, that we have the Love Sport Radio show this Friday between 7 o'clock and 9 p.m., uh, which will be a chance for us to talk about the Huddersfield game and have a look ahead to the Newcastle game. Uh, Jonathan Marco again. Marco twice in a week. What more could you ask for? And myself will be joining Aaron Paul. Of course, as you well know... The best thing is 
that you can phone us up in the show please. and debate with us live. Please, uh, please phone. Uh, Jonathan, live. yes, I know. You have a request, don't you, Jonathan? I think you should tell the listener what your request is. My request, please phone. We, we want to know what we want to know what opinions you've got. I like hearing your witty stuff on Mixilla. And uh, and if you could just ring in and just, let's, let's, let's talk about uh, some of the things that you debate um, on Mixilla that... Uh, It'll just add to the the uh, how excellent the show is, and also it, it's nice to put a voice to people who are you know communicating with you on the on the Mixler medium media medium. So uh, please, guys, if you yeah if you've got, I know it's difficult on a Friday night, and uh, the last thing you want to do is to is to uh, chat to us again. But uh, just free from for just for ten minutes at the beginning of the show or something, or even at the end, whenever you feel like, be great, great to hear from you. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. Ah, or if you prefer, ah. if you prefer it in the style of Jonathan Kidd, o two o eight seventy twenty five five eight. Chidge, I never do it like that ever. No, that, that that's kind of your more Channel Five voice, isn't it? No, that's more like that. O two o eight seventy twenty five five eight. What's your uh, what's your Channel great Four voice? Holiday. Great camping holidays on Channel Five. Um, <laughs> it's more. Uh, um, uh, 0208. No, what it is, it's Sci Fi Channel actually. 0208 Disaster Jonathan. movies. Yes, yes. Martin. Jonathan, if, if you if you if you were asked by Chelsea to do kind of like um, the, the voice the voiceover for for an ad where they're banging on about expect thrilling, how would you do? That? <laughs> Oh God! What's that? There's that blue one on the back of the hotel. It's what is it? Be prepared to thrill or something. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I'd have to make it work somehow. Yeah, um, thrilling since 1905. <laughs> thrilling, thrilling since 1905. There's not much to get your teeth around there, is there really? But um, but no, yeah, it would have there to be certainly something. isn't. Mm. That's a metaphor for the club in many respects, Jonathan. Anyway, look, as, as, I, as we keep saying, look, please phone us up on a Friday. It really does add to the show. That's exactly why we've put it on the radio. Uh, we know it's difficult, but it does help. It was so bad on Friday, I had to phone in, even though I wasn't on the show. So there you go. You anyway, good, uh, it is 0208. What? You were really good what? when you phoned. Thank you. Thank you. I've done it before, you see. It's experience. Good. Anyway. The number is, as we keep saying, is 0208 70 20 558. Uh, you will get through. You will speak to me or Jonathan or Marco. It's that simple. Uh, now, the other thing about the, the Love Sport Radio Show is that uh, they've uh, enabled me to figure out how to download it almost immediately after we've done it and, uh, and put it out as a podcast. What more could you say? So there we go. It's now available as a podcast. Uh, if I have time, I even cut the news bits out. So I'm all hot. So make sure you check that out. It'll it comes out either after the show on the Friday or on a Saturday morning, depending on how busy I am. It's broadcast live on five five eight AM and on London's DAB channels. Uh, and you can also get it by just going to the website lovesportradio.com or you can uh, listen to it via your radio player or tune in apps. It's that simple. After this break, we will be talking Chelsea versus Liverpool.
we're back. Uh, just a quick shout out for the wonderful Chelsea Fancast website, chelseafancast.com, where you can find all of the podcasts we put up, plus loads and loads of excellent blogs, some of which are written by the geniuses that is Alexandra Churchill, the girl who likes balls, and many others besides. So there you go. Now, uh, the first thing I really wanted to talk about is um, how wonderful... Uh, I mean, it was on site. I mean, I just, I mean, you know, I, there have been some games this season that have been just totally uh, meh, as we know, and as we've said many, many times. But this one was definitely not meh. It was just how football was supposed to be. The atmosphere was great as well, I thought. Um, but essentially, really, you know, it's funny enough, I, I talked to a few uh, wise heads about this uh, before the game. And I was saying that, you know, really what's got to happen uh, is that he's got to basically pick uh, the 3-5-2 because, you know, Liverpool, as we know, are a very good attacking side uh, and we need to stop them from playing, you know, otherwise he might get ripped a new one. And that's exactly what he did. He played the 3-5-2 and it worked very, very well, I think. Um, we played deep. They couldn't, uh, you know, catch us on the break. Uh, they got bogged down in the morass of players that we had before them. And they simply had no answer. And as a result, we won 1-0. And I've got to be honest, I mean, I, I know whilst it always remains 1-0, the perennial problem that you you, you sit there with your, your bum hole twitching for about 20 minutes. But I, I've got to say, I, I felt quite confident, uh, Jonathan, that we would win. I don't know why. I just did. They, they, they looked like the team that played so well last year, I thought, for, for a lot of that game. They really did. I mean, I know Liverpool had chances and I know Courtois had a good game. But basically... I actually felt quite confident throughout that game. Me too. There was no comparison with the, the Swansea game where we were all thinking, oh my God, what's he going to do? Because they're just getting deeper and deeper because we played so much better. I was sit like you, um, completely confident that we were going to hold out. I would have preferred that he didn't uh, do like-for-like like substitutions at the end, but um, they, the team had gave, given everything. That was what was so rewarding about it as well. You know, Giroud, was, Giroud and Hazard were completely knackered. And you just thought, yeah, absolutely right. You've, you've, you've gone for it and you've, you've played out of your skin. And it was a fantastic team effort. And uh, um, I know we're going to get onto this, but it really helped in the midfield that Bakayoko, um, his alien other self, had turned up today. I think he's been hidden on a planet somewhere in a different time continuum. Because it was uh, remarkable to see the transformation, and uh, you then got got a weak a weak peg in the midfield it allows Fabregas to start not to defend and to weave his magic. But I thought uh, absolutely like you, Chid. Um, I didn't. I, I just towards the end, I thought when they were they came on a bit stronger towards the end. I thought, well, you know, um, who knows what's uh, what's going to happen here? But I, I, there was no feeling of. Of, of it completely impending doom as there was in the Swansea game. So no, I was. Uh, I, I mean, it was one of those days. You were just very pleased at the the overall performance of the team. When it was just fantastic in comparison with previous games, and also the fact that we then utterly subdued the Liverpool crowd, who started off with their ridiculous "You ain't got no history" bollocks. You know, we've won it five times, five times, shit. You know, and. Uh, and you just um, and they were silenced by the end. Hardly anything happening with them. I thought, yes, absolutely, as it should be. It was a very performance, very similar to the defence of last year. Cahill playing out of his skin on the right hand side, and Rudiger playing beside him was uh, 
played absolutely brilliantly. I, you know, I'll, I'll let others chip in with that. Well, well, I, I was, I was going to, I mean, you know, but I, I, okay, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I, I'll, I'll get on to that uh, in a wee second. Um, but, um, you know, for me, you know, do you know, do you know what, Marco? It, it just goes to show, doesn't it? You know, history football whatever it it it's always turns it there's a wonderful politician i can't remember who it was now but you know on reflection of of something going horribly wrong he said it's events dear boy it's events and i think you can say that a lot because what we saw yesterday in a sense was what should have happened had bakayoko managed to adapt to the premier league quickly had been the player that we signed and all the rest of it because that's that's kind you kind of saw what the intention was player 352 Kante doing what he does uh Bakayoko playing like he does which you know he can he can go forward he can tackle he can win 50-50s he can set up attacks he can lead the attacks you know but he he gives a little bit of safety with Fabregas allowing him to do what he does so in a sense you kind of saw what was supposed to happen at the beginning of the season which sadly happened once against, but well, it didn't really happen against Spurs because he played in a different position. But you know, it's only happened as we've got to the end, which is very frustrating on the one hand. But I, it does give me hope for the future that Bakayoko could be a player for us, mate. Yeah, well, I think you know the the, the biggest thing for me on Sunday was I just felt incredibly frustrated. Um, one, you know. By the fact that um, you know, and, and Hazard just annoyed me at, at the end, and he, when he when he said, "Yeah, you know, we're going to keep fighting now," and you, you sort of think, "Well, you know, why didn't you fight sort of earlier in the season? You know, where were you all when we lost three 0 at home to Bournemouth, or four one at Watford, or three, you know, lost a winning position against Tottenham?" Or conceding, you know, against West Ham. All of those things, um, I just find staggeringly annoying about this season. And yeah, it's nice that you know we've strung what is it five games on the spin, winning. I think for the second time this season. Um, all, all no, of that first, first time, first time this season, mate. We haven't won five on the spin all season. I swear to God. Uh, I think we did. I think we. Back in October, not in the then, league. No, no, not, not in the league. league. No, what I'm saying in all competitions, it's five. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah anyway. fair enough. So I'll settle for but, that. But yeah, no, I've I just found it all terribly frustrating, and I think um, you know if, if you look, if you sort of track back um, to where things didn't work out, you know there were a few injuries that various players sustained along the way. Um, Kante being one, um, you know, very note, notable injury. Um, but but what we saw on Sunday was, you know, that three five two setup working with the with the best people. Well, maybe not totally the best people, but but the best people for that job on on Sunday. Um, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't look to maybe make too many tweaks to that side you know maybe maybe Cahill um, obviously because of his age uh, and, and obviously Giroud's not got that long in him but the whole you know the whole idea and that three man midfield um, you know Fabregas is replaceable in that but you know the, the, the whole 
Kante, Bakayoko, they never give the ball away. You know, I'm surprised that didn't get uh, a little airing. I uh, would have preferred to hear that rather than murderers, which seemed to make a, a very audible comeback for some bizarre reason um, on Sunday. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just think, you know, Bakayoko, credit to Conte for sticking with him because um, yeah. the, the amount of abuse the kids had this season, um, you know, has, has, been, has been atrocious, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, Conte could quite easily have just sort of push, pushed him out. But, you know, he's been, he's, been, he's been quite clever, Conte, in what he's done in the recent weeks, I think. I think, um, you know, obviously Cahill and both Cahill and Giroud uh, are desperate to make respective World Cup squads, you know, for, what, for what's bound to be their, their last opportunity to play in that tournament. So, you know, that... that the way they're playing kind of reflects that ambition. Um, and, you know, all the, the, the sum of all the parts made for a decent hole on Sunday, but it, but it did just leave me feeling frustrated. Mm. Well, you know, I, I, I understand that point. I made. It's funny, actually, you know, I'm, I apologise to the listeners in advance. Uh, me... Uh, Marco and uh, and uh, Liam have all put out articles today covering very, fairly similar points, but of course with our own unique and individual slant. And I'm sure you're going to hear a lot of that today. But I, I know what you mean. I, I alluded to that too. It, it is if we miss out now, it's just going to be so frustrating to have got this close when they completely bollocks it up earlier in the season when there was no reason to do that. Um, but moving away from that, uh, Liam, um, you know, Jonathan alluded to this earlier, and and I think it's a very valid point. Uh, Marco mentioned Cahill and Rudiger too, and that there there was a real uh, defensive solidity about the team. I, I happen to think that that has a lot to do with getting the balance right in midfield because that that means that it's less easy to cut a swathe through our midfield which you know means that they that they're not on the likes of Cahill Rudiger and Aspilicueta so quickly um but I do think Cahill is much more suited to that central position uh you know I, one should never doubt him he's he's done very well for us and 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 played for a long time he's an experienced player but it just looked much more defensively solid with that midfield but also that defense and of course Courtois had a good game as well didn't he yeah absolutely i mean no part of the pitch exists in isolation you know in, in order for the for the defense to look good they have to be protected as well and and bakayoko finally showing you know why why Chelsea paid forty million pounds for him last summer is a big part of that. Kante has obviously been superb all season long. I also thought Alonso had a good game. He he finally got an enforced rest with that three game suspension, so he actually looked quite fresh. Um, and and Victor Moses played well on the other side. So it was the it was the kind of balance that that Chelsea had throughout last year between defence and attack. Um, that they've that they've lacked so often this year, and I, I think a big part of the defensive side of it has been, you know, they've got five defenders who individually are all very good, um, but they've been mixed and matched for so long that I think the collective chemistry hasn't quite been what it was last year when you always knew it was going to be as Piliqueta, Louise, and, and Cahill. Um, I think Cahill's reintroduction to the team is probably a little bit overdue, given that. I think Andreas Christensen clearly needed um, taking out of the firing line for for a little bit, and 
I think Conte would have done it earlier had it not been for maybe maybe some injuries, uh, particularly Lee's, Louise being unavailable for so long. But by hook or by crook, they have found um, they have found a balance to this team again, and, and and we're beginning to see what they're capable of in terms of results. Now, is it is it too late? It's still more likely than not to be too late. Uh, they they still need. Tottenham and Liverpool to do them at least one more big favour in the, in this final week. And Conte was saying in his press conference today that you know they've got no time for regret. They're just fully focused on taking maximum points from the last two games and then letting the chips fall where they may. But I think you're all entirely right when you say that if they do finish fifth from here, um, the minds of many at Cobham will be drawn immediately back to those ridiculous back-to-back defeats against Bournemouth and Watford, um, the, the the crazy run of results that marked the, the first three months of 2018, and it, it, it's a bit bizarre when you look at the way the way Chelsea started this season and, and now the way they're finishing it. Mm. All right, well we're going to pick up on all of this and a lot more besides after this short break. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, we're back. I'm Stanford Chidge and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And tonight I have with me Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello, everyone. And I also have the most famous man in Stamford Bridge. That would be Mr. Mark Worrell. Behave. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's all true. I'm your biggest fanboy. You know that. And uh, last but by no means least, my... Arguably my favourite uh, favourite football journalist of all time, Mr. Liam Toomey. No one recognises me around Stamford Bridge. Oh, Liam. We'll, we'll soon change that. We'll soon change that. Uh, right, we were, we were talking very much about a very impressive win for Chelsea uh, on Sunday against Liverpool, also bemoaning the fact that it might be a bit too little too late. But before we get into more of that, uh, we've got to mention uh, N'Golo Kante, because he is imperious. Uh, I mean... You know, I, I said in my my uh, my own little Yahoo article today, which of course doesn't have a patch on anything that Marco and Liam write, but I I try my bestest. Um, but I I basically said that you know if there is any justice, then uh, N'Golo Kante will win the Player of the Year award uh, uh, for Chelsea. Um, I mean, and let's face it, he's the only player who can sit there and say he's put a hundred percent in all season. Uh, Mark, I mean, he's he's been fabulous, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's just, I mean, I'll just say it's like having an extra man out there, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, it's kind of like on Sunday, you know, obviously Hazard in that system's freed of any defensive duties, but but so was Fabregas, to be honest with you, because, um, you know, Kante's work rate, I was watching his running off the ball. He's... Um, it's just incredible. I, I mean, it'd be interesting, um, you know, if he if he 
did entered, you know, if they had a, a run, a long distance running race, I don't know, a 10,000 metres race, um, where, where, where he'd come up in something, some sort of contest like that, because, you know, I, I, I don't know where, the, those stats, you don't seem to see them anymore. There were a couple of seasons where Sky, maybe I don't watch enough football on telly, uh, where, where they would always put on, you know, the number of, kilometres covered by a player and I'd be interested to see what um, Kante's stats look like because he, he he's just immense, you know um, and I think, you know, definitely when, when we didn't have him in the side um, back in the autumn you know, he's, he's a massive loss um, you know, and the fact that he's also you know, very publicly said he loves Chelsea and he obviously likes living in London, um, will head off at the pass. Um, any, uh, you know, overtures from uh, PSG potentially um, in, in the summer. Um, you know, I think Kante above Hazard, you know, he, he's the guy for me that's irreplaceable in that uh, team at the moment. Um, so, you know, I hope the club resist any any overwhelming temptation that, that might arise should we fail to qualify for the Champions League um, to, to sell him. I don't know, does he have any kind of... Liam, does it does uh, Kante have a release clause or anything like that in his contract? Not that I'm aware, no. And because he signed in, in, in the summer of 2016, that contract's got a long time to run as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't see... Any, I don't, I don't see any situation really in which Chelsea would consider selling him at this point. He would, he would have to really force his way out. And I mean, he, he sort of did that to get to Leicester, and then he kind of did it in his own quiet way to get out of Leicester. So he has got a little bit of steel to him, but there are no indications that that that, that day is anywhere on the horizon yet. And I think all Chelsea fans should be relieved about that. Good, good, good. This good. one is that's for sure because yeah he he is he is the real deal. I mean Jonathan that tackle uh, he did on uh, Mo Salah was just it. Was, I mean you know it, it, there is something really special for me and I don't know this is because I'm an old git and I've been going a long time but there is there is something quite special about getting a tackle cheered at a football ground that for me is proper football and he ran a full 30, 40 yards to catch up with Salah and expertly you know. Tackled him from the side and nicked the ball. It was a, it was, it was a, it was a brilliant moment in the match, Jonathan. Don't you think? Well, I agree completely. I like to find out what not only what, how much ground he covers, but what speed he normally goes at. Because he just seems to. You think well, he's got about two yards to get that ball back, but he'll get it, and he gets it. His determination yeah. is quite phenomenal. And no, I mean, I, there were many tackles in the game where I thought, my goodness, he's not going to get that. He has. I shouldn't be doubting him. It, with, and also, he doesn't foul, which is just so brilliant. He rarely fouls. And if, if he does, it's, uh, it's just a question of he's got the timing wrong for some reason, um, which, uh, which is... Uh, there's a, he fouls occasionally when some of the ball is whipped past him. Somebody goes past him and he catches them and sort of body checks them. But it never, in, never seems to me when he's going in for the ball. He's a very clean tackler, considering the, the situation's... Uh, that 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 he gets himself into when he's doing the tackling. Occasionally, you think, well, if you know, if he if he clips him, it's a penalty, or if he clips him, it's a booking, and he gets the ball beautifully, and it's not illegal, it's not from behind. But I'd like I'd like because he's such a class player. You, if you work out who the great the best players are in the team, 
I'd like another couple more players at his level. Because I reckon then with him and Hazard, and if we did have a couple more, I reckon we'd be we'd be a, a, a challenge for anybody. We'd we'd be a, a match for any anybody in 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 Europe. I just think we're we're just a couple of players light because yeah, uh, yeah, and because yeah. Kante is is so so supreme. Um, and you think, well, hang on, if they got hold of him, surely they're looking at the construction of the of the squad and thinking, let's just get a few more players that are as good as this guy and are as good as Hazard, and then. You know, then we'll, we'll have a we'll we'll, we'll be able to compete because there is, is huge gloom and doom about the the standard of the squad having gone down year on year on year since the you know since the great days when we had a, a supposed Mourinho spine. But I look at some of the players and think, well, yeah, he's pretty good and he's fantastic. All in the, all, you'd need is say four superb players, four four world class players, if that's possible. And uh, and the rest of them will all come up to come up to a decent level because all the other players are good, and that's what a good manager does. He makes the other players come up to a level. So, uh, but because he's so good, Kante, that you think, come on, they've got to have players playing at the same level as him. Come on. So talking of talking of world class players, I mean, you know, the the obvious world class player that we have, and I know that there's a there's a huge debate as to whether he is in fact world class or not, and that's Eden Hazard, and. I, I, I don't know if it's just because I'm quite, uh, you know, I've got quite a nasty side to me, but I was really delighted to see Hazard play as well as he did yesterday, and for Salah to be absolutely bloody awful. We saw the we saw the most Salah yesterday that we saw when he played for Chelsea. Absolutely ineffectual, out of his depth, resorting to pathetic dives to try and win free kicks. And I mean, you know, if 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 you you could have built the match as a as a clash between Hazard and Salah. Uh, and Hazard won it hands down, didn't he, J.K.? Oh, completely so, Chich. Yeah, yeah. But I thought Hazard has been been great the last few games, which is, um, yeah, as you yeah. said earlier, has slightly annoyed me as to why he suddenly his mojo is working now. But he he was fabulous. He was my man of the match at the weekend. I know so many people played well. Giroud was great. Kante was great. Rudiger Rudiger was great. But for me. Um, uh, and I know he only started really playing after about 50 minutes, but for the from then on, he was absolutely superb. Took him to the cleaners. I love it. I love watching him. Then you have to doubt, you know, what, why doesn't he turn it on all the time, as you said before? Um, so it's a tricky one, isn't it? He's not a robot. No, well, that's, there's always that. There's always that. And he was fouled a bit. He's mercurial, on. mate. He, he is that kind. He's a mercurial player, isn't he? And that's what mercurial players are like. Sometimes they're brilliant. Sometimes they're not. Also, sometimes they're kicked out of it. That dreadful foul in the yeah. first few minutes. That um, what's yeah. his face? Um, they want him to it play. Was, it was Milner. Milner, yeah. What on earth was the referee doing? What? I, I just despair. It was obvious booking. Even just hurled himself in front of him. Some of the decisions made again were just uh, utterly confusing. But uh. well, the fact that he booked Salah uh, kind of made me forgive him for the about the other fifteen stupid and idiotic uh, uh, decisions he made. Um, I have to now uh, kind of admit and fess up to the fact that uh, uh, Marco may have heard this actually, uh, or maybe not, because he's in Gate Seventeen. But I did actually try and start a chant of Chelsea reject at Mo Salah. Uh, when he got booked, uh, and uh, I got some very, you... <laughs> it was me that started it was, it was that. Several. I it got some very. There were a few singing it. I heard it in the. Oh, East did I? I got it. 
well, there you go. I got it going. Then I probably I probably woke a few of them up, Jonathan. But I got some very bizarre looks from a lot of the people around me who, who looked at me and saying, "Are you for real? You can't say that. You would have him back now with those goals." And I said, "Well, I know, but I, I, one has to try." I felt, but there we go. Um, Liam, talking of uh, of decent, um, as obviously Hazard was, but uh, I, I it, generally it was a, it was a great. Uh, you know, team performance, I thought. I mean, you know, uh, Jonathan's talking about the fact that we need a few more world-class players, which I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with at all. Um, but, you know, what we saw last year from Conte was that he made average players look a lot better. And, of course, one of those is Moses, who, uh, for me, this season has kind of reverted back to average Moses. Uh, but I thought yesterday he was superb. You know, he's even learned how to cross, for God's sake. What's going on? <laughs> well, that's that. That's two pretty good crosses in the in the last couple of months. He he put in yeah, a cross yeah. for Morata's goal against um, against Spurs, didn't he? Which is obviously that goal's going to be forgotten about now. But yeah. um, that was a good ball in as well. And yeah, I think I, I thought actually Chelsea's wing backs were key to winning the game because the the way that Conte set up, you know, the whole it was all predicated on on stopping the service into that Liverpool front three. Which was why they had three-man central midfield, and 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 obviously, Kante and Bakayoko did a very good job there. But it meant that the the wing backs could then push Liverpool's full backs all the way back and force them to defend for long spells. And they're not going to get any support from Salah and Mane because those guys are always looking for counter-attacks. So that was where Chelsea had the the advantage was in those wide areas, and that that again was a similarity to to last season. Last season. So many teams just had no answer for Chelsea basically pushing up into a front five when they had the ball with with, with Moses and Alonso hugging touchlines. And, and it meant any team that, that played a back four, as Liverpool tried to do yesterday, were, were hopelessly outnumbered. And um, I, I think the only frustration Conte will have is, is the frustration that he had, he's had for most of this season, which is they only scored one goal. And it meant that the, yeah. the end of the game was quite quite nervy. But they, they got into an awful lot of good positions, particularly with those wing-backs. Um, Alonso made me take the Lord's name in vain in the press box with that volley that almost went in. It was an absolutely incredible strike. Uh, he, he caught it so cleanly. I, I can't remember whether that was from another Moses cross, actually. It, it was from the right, wasn't it? Um, um, I can't remember, actually. But i tell you what, you know, I know where you sit in the press box. Me and Marco had an absolute bird's eye view of that, and I thought that that was going in all of the way. And it was one of those. I mean, if that had gone in, it'd been the goal of the season without a doubt. But it also yeah. nearly caused me to disappear about three or four rows in front, much to the annoyance <laughs> of my neighbours. Uh, but it was just. I mean, what technique? I mean, we've said it before many times on this show, but what technique that guy has? Yeah, I mean that. That's what makes him such a good free kick taker, isn't it? He's so. Yeah. Technically, technically proficient with that left foot. That certainly his best skill because he's not he's not the fastest, he's not the most athletically gifted, or or even uh, I would say technically gifted defender. But he's he's such an attacking weapon and and, and such a goal scoring weapon because that left foot is so dangerous from from open play or, or set pieces. But yeah, as you say, I mean it was a it was a team win yesterday, a genuine team win for Chelsea I didn't think they had a bad performance on the pitch and that was the way it needed to be even against the Liverpool that I think were definitely feeling the effects of of that Champions League game in midweek emotionally yeah. maybe as as much as physically I think the emotional come down for them 
was yeah. tough. Much, much as I much as I had hoped for when uh, uh, teeing up this game in the various previews that I wrote, Marco, um, we we can't not mention uh, our new cult hero, a certain Olivier Giroud or Oli Giroud. He's a blue, or as I called him, uh, you know, Oliver Giroud. He's our main man. Um, brilliant header, proper striker's goal. He, he, he's he's in a real run of form. In fact, a lot of people have been writing today that. Uh, you know he's uh, he's kind of you know our form has changed since he's uh, started scoring goals. I mean the Southampton game was a bit of a a turnaround for the season in some respects. Um, but the first thing first, though, Marco, what was what was that running to David Luiz all about? I don't know. I mean the first first I, I heard about that because somebody tweeted the the, the photograph. Um, so who knows? I don't know. Maybe Liam's got some insight. In, in, into that, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Well, <laughs> Who knows? well maybe we should um, ask Caroline. Our um, my my colleague <laughs> ESPN Brazil, my my colleague ESPN Brazil, uh, Joao Castelo Branco. He they have as rights holders, they have access to the tunnel after the game, so they'll always speak to a player or two and, and the manager, um, much like much as Sky Sports and BT do. And he spoke to Giroud uh, after the match and, and Giroud said to him that Louise has become one of his best friends at Chelsea since he moved in January, which probably wouldn't surprise many people who, who, who can see Louise's personality within that dressing room. He's popular with everyone. Um, except maybe one person. Apart from Conte, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But he I think he I think he's inherited uh I think he's inherited the same sort of status that Drogba had in that in that Chelsea dressing room, where he he kind of transcends. Well, Louise or Louise or Conte. Louise, Louise, very much Louise. Louise. Um, in that he he transcends cliques. I think he's such a he's such a likable guy, um, such a such a jokey guy, but also a, a strong a strong personality and, and a leader in his own way as well. I think everyone respects him, but they all they all find him hilarious as well, and and and. Uh, yeah, I think absolutely everyone gets on with him. The uh, the man Good I stuff. Well, I, the man sorry, I sorry mate, go on. He came up with a wonderful theory with great confidence. He's the uh, he, he's um, he's a Millwall fan, and he comes occasionally when his wife um, uh, has a, has a spare. Then he said to me, uh, he said that's obvious why that happened, and I said, uh, why's that? Why's that, Ron? He said because uh, he said. Uh, uh, Louise has already signed for Arsenal, and I said, hey. "Oh, oh, really? What? He's actually already signed." He said, "Yeah, he signed in January, but was injured, and he's just hanging about at the moment." And Giroud was just congratulating him because he's off to the Gunners. <laughs> and I said, I "What said, is he? <laughs> what? What? What?" He said, "No, that's true. It's gospel. Gospel." He said, "Gospel," and that was all. I, the only information I got out of him for the whole of the game because he normally comes up with quite good pieces of information, but that was absolutely bizarre. So uh, it didn't make any Ron, sense. I think Ron's been, I think Ron's been hit by a, team, too, a few too many Millwall bricks in his time, mate. I think he was out in the sun, I think, but it was just interesting to hear a different view of it. You know, I thought I'd, you know, just bring it up to, uh, to shoot it down really, but um, I, was, I can't even make out the logic. Um, uh, but no, apparently he said he was going to go through. He was going to go through, but he was injured, so it never went through. So, uh, but there he said they're mates because of the Guna connection. He said, "I went okay." Anyway, so let's see what happens in the summer when when uh, Louise goes off to uh, goes off to Arsenal. 
Well, uh, if that happens, uh, we'll all apologise to Ron and, uh, and and so on and so forth. But I, I if, can't see if, that. Uh, what, if what, that. What would? If, if that sorry, happens, go on. If that happens, I'll have to get Ron's number off you and make him an ESPN source. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, in, in fairness, okay. uh, talking of, sorry, I was, I was just, I've just looked something up, and apparently, um, Wenger didn't sign him because he couldn't afford his wages. Ah. So there, there is, wow. there is truth. There's, a, there's a whole stack of stuff online about him uh, oh. potentially having. Mm, okay. No smoke without fire. Then listen. Uh, one 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 thing that's been doing a few bit of rumour mongering this week, Liam. Uh, I, I I I go to you first as our as our man from the press. Uh, but uh, obviously, Morata was I think injured again, wasn't he? So he didn't make the bench yesterday. Uh, although Conte I think has said that he's he's available for selection tomorrow. Um, but there's been some interesting stuff in the press about uh, you know him possibly going to Juventus. Is there any truth in that? Do you think? Well, all the all the reports are coming from Italy, uh, which is quite common right. when when major Italian clubs are sort of floating the possibility of, of of signing a player. They'll often do so through through the local media um, and just see how it's all received. But some of the figures I was seeing associated with the reports, I mean, I'm not been able to stand it up at all at this end. Um, but some of the figures I was seeing, like Juventus apparently wanting to sign Morata for about 15 million euros on loan and then with a with a view to a, an eventual 40 million euro fee or something a, a just ridiculous from Chelsea's perspective i mean this is their club record signing last summer you know if anything it would be an absolutely scandalous loss of face for them to have to sell him at a massive loss a year later um and particularly when they could be trying to recruit a new marquee striker from a position as a as a Europa League club so it makes absolutely no sense for Chelsea to to let Morata go this summer I think they they give him another go I think they they make the assumption that he he will be better in his second season when he can be a bit fitter when his his body can be maybe more attuned to being a number one striker at a top club and also the the English calendar uh, and then they'll, they'll they'll go from there and, and, and see where things fall. But I mean, it the only way the only way it could possibly happen this summer, I think, is if Morata really tries to force his way out. And some of the noises are that he would quite like to go back to Juventus, but I think he would have to really really push for it. So here's the question then. I mean, do you do you think? I mean, you know, we'll have Giroud, who who may well get another year. Uh, but no more because he's over 30. Uh, I agree with you about Morata. I think it's too early to judge him. It's too early to get rid of him now. So given that they'll have Giroud and they'll have uh, Morata, they may well have one of the youngsters on loan if, if uh, who might not go out on loan, although it seems unlikely given that's what Chelsea always do. So that means we can wave goodbye to hudson Adoy. Uh, maybe Abraham will come back, who knows. But, I mean, do you really think that they'll go in for another marquee striker in the summer? I mean, I think they possibly need to, but that's another question. But do you think they will? I would I would think that they... Um, I, I would think they would consider there are more pressing priorities within that squad. I think the number one priority has to be a midfield playmaker because they at this stage of his career... Um, Cesc Fabregas is at his best as an impact substitute and he has been forced to play 
far too many minutes this year. Um, and you've seen his, his productivity is absolutely nosedived in terms of assists and, and, and goals created. So I think they'll give Morata another chance to prove himself. I don't think it's impossible that Batshuayi could have a second lease of life at Chelsea. But oh, that, forgot about him. Yeah. But it, it depends entirely on who the next coach is. You know, so, so many of these, yeah. if Conte sticks around, then um, I think Batshuayi will certainly be sold. Um, but if he doesn't, then it all depends on how the next coach wants to play because as much as Batshuayi doesn't suit Conte's vision of a striker, he, he clearly has got talent. And uh, I, I think there's no, no middle ground with him now. Chelsea are in a position where they'll either use him or they'll sell him for a, for a significant profit this summer. But it's, I think it's only if Morata leaves that you'll see them go and spend, try and spend big money on, on a striker because there are bigger priorities in this squad. Will we be getting a new goalkeeper, Liam, do you think? A new goalkeeper, because he's made another comment to uh, Belgian TV, hasn't he, that he wants to go back to Madrid, Courtois? It all depends on... I think I think the Courtois situation particularly, but, but also to an extent with Hazard, it depends on what Real Madrid decide they want to do. I think if they decide they want Courtois, all the conditions are there for them to get him this summer. He's got the contract leverage, he's only got a year left. Um, and I think Chelsea would probably be a bit more confident that they could replace Courtois with a good goalkeeper than than, than Hazard's raw talent. Yes, um, but it all depends. It all depends what Real Madrid decide their their transfer strategy will be. And if they if they win another Champions League, they might be tempted to do what they've done in the last couple of years and and, and not you know make significant surgery to this squad. So we'll have to see. It's going to be a very interesting summer, I feel. But hey, on the bright side, it'll give us something to talk about. Otherwise, we'd be well-stuffed. And we'd probably have to talk about England being shit at the World Cup, which I'm determined not to not to do. Um, OK, let's get back to uh, to where this leaves us. I mean, it was a great win. I mean, actually, I was surprised to hear that it's, uh, it's our first win against the Scousers at home for five years, which I find incredulous and horrific all at the same time. Uh, but there you go. Uh, but the thing is, I mean, you know, winning against them was just what the doctor ordered uh, because it does still give us some hope. Uh, if Liverpool now lose or draw to Brighton, who they have, I believe, at home on Sunday, and Spurs lose to either Newcastle uh, or Leicester, uh, and we beat Huddersfield tomorrow night and Newcastle on Sunday, then we will be playing Champions League uh, football next season, which, let's be honest, none of us expected about a month or so ago. Um, which is great, and also typically Chelsea, I think. Um, but, you know, Marco wrote a great piece of work on this on ESPN earlier today and saying, well, while this is all rather exciting, and it is exciting because, I mean, you know, we get we now go to the end of the season unless we norse it up against Huddersfield tomorrow, which knowing Chelsea is just as likely. But let's say we beat Huddersfield tomorrow, then it's all to play for on the last match of the season. And, and I didn't expect that a few weeks ago. But as I said, or as Marco more to the point said, on the one hand, yes, it's possibly exciting, but you know, it doesn't half make that mid season very, very frustrating. Doesn't it mate? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, as I, as I said earlier, it, it's just infuriating and it would be even more infuriating, you know, if, if we kind of fall short by two points, which, you know, is, is, a, is a very real possibility if we beat Huddersfield, um, you know, irrespective of what Liverpool do on Sunday. You know, it, it's just maddening, really is. Um, 
you know, and, and that's why I kind of, you know, wasn't quite um, reveling in the in the Hazard love um, on Sunday because, you know, if ever there's a player who, who I know you sort of described him as mercurial, but I think, you know, that fella plays when he wants. Um and you know that 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 isn't mercurial to me. That's that's you know there's an element of selfishness in in the way in uh, in respect of you know Hazard's attitude, and and it all boils down to you know I, I guess in the final analysis, if Conte does disappear this summer, um, you know, and all, all that stuff will track back to his falling out with Costa. And, you know, the way he's perceived in the dressing room, player power, you know, all, all those all those horrible little things that have conspired to effectively, you know, ruin this season. Um, I personally, I, I, I mean, I think it would be beyond brilliant if we actually, you know, if, if the stars aligned in such a way that, that we did actually... Um, qualify for the Champions League. Indeed, I, the thought crossed my mind that um, Roman Abramovich might have uh, been in touch with Kennedy and offered him, you know, his, 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 uh, his yacht, one of his yachts, should he score a couple <laughs> against, um, against Spurs at, at Wembley tomorrow night. That, that, that would be hilarious. Um, you know, Agent Kennedy, brilliant. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I'm, I, I just know and I do think I'm very confident about the the FA Cup, and you know, I and mean, that's that's a great achievement. Um, you know, if we win the FA Cup, but it still won't stop me feeling really aggrieved. It's almost like you'd kind of rather everything had just fizzled out and this little run hadn't come together, and then everybody just says, "Yeah, right, let's get rid of this season," which is the way everybody was. You know, social media a month ago, everybody was saying, oh, I can't wait for the season to end. Um, you know, now they're just teasing us. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, some thick girl that you fancy sort of lifting a skirt and showing you a, a little glimpse of um, the, the, the treasures that lie beneath and then and then running oh, off it down the road faster than, 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 than we can follow. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just I feel frustrated to be honest with you. Yeah, I think I, I think I accused them. Uh, uh, Tony, who's in uh, Mixler tonight, will will remind me because I remember him laughing very loudly at this. But I I uh, I accused Chelsea of being the biggest prick teasers in football last week. Well, about sum it yeah, up, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it, in a, in a sense, mate, it, it's so typically Chelsea, isn't it? Well, it know? is. Just when we thought exactly. we could just like pack it all in, they exactly. go and do this. And and actually, you know, we're going to talk about this after the break. But you and I both know, and Jonathan and Liam and everybody in Mixler, we all know that having got us to this kind of, uh, as they used to say in Viz, at the Billy Mill roundabout, uh, we are now faced with... It would not surprise me in the least if we lose to Huddersfield tomorrow. It just wouldn't surprise me at all. Just to fuck with our heads once again. That is so Chelsea. In a sense, that's kind of why we love them. But there you go. Jonathan, what say you, dear boy? Uh, are you like me, uh, harbouring under the deluded uh, thing that we all call hope? Or are you far more sensible than that? I, I live in a kind of of, of world of of ex constant expectation and disappointment. So, uh, and uh, <laughs> as I as I I um, 
I've been reading Tim Rolls's book, which uh, is uh, uh, fabulous. And um, uh, yeah. what I find so dreadful about it is that uh, um, you know what's about to come and it still upsets you. And it's, uh, uh, it's 50 years ago and uh, it's all playing well and losing for no apparent reason or playing dreadfully and winning or expecting to win or thinking, well, they're the best team in the league and they're not winning anything. And uh, so I learned as a child to, um, to, to think, well, they're playing very well and they should win the FA Cup final, uh, but they possibly won't. And as you say, um, it's very, just very likely they will indeed lose to Huddersfield. But in, in pointing to, at the moment, the way they're playing again, um, as they're playing defensively as well as they played last year, that they'll win everything now for the rest of the season. And I think we might end up with the FA Cup and finish fifth. But we're just as likely to uh, win the FA Cup and finish third. So, uh, you know, I'm, I kind of, I just sort of, I accept, you know, I treat it as the universe having a laugh with me all the time. So, um, and, and there are, I always got, I can always hide when I'm watching the game, which I like, I can all, which I used, used to do when I was a <laughs> So, uh, um, yeah, I, 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 on that, on the last few performances, which I have to say we haven't noticed, I think inspired hugely by Giroud, who I think his contribution mustn't ever be underestimated. His, his no scoring those goals exactly. against Southampton was completely phenomenal. And the fact the team then all came up to his level, were huge question marks about the team, but the fact that consequently because of that, but the fact they all then played out of their skin, then played wonderfully at Burnley. All right, it was a bit of a, um, wasn't the same at Swansea, but uh, they still won and they played magnificently at the weekend, which they did, is... Uh, is something that makes me think they'll just continue. They'll just maintain it like that um, because they will be playing the way they played last year. Uh, and I, they've got the defence right. They're all trying perfectly. And uh, as we've been saying, if Bakayoko is now in a position where he doesn't look as if he's uh, playing in the under-11s, um, and sorry, he's under-11, everybody else is adult, uh, I, I think it's... Uh, Together with Lingolo, he never gives up. I was doing a harmony with you there, Marco. Very good. Shalimar, mate. Shalimar. Or Shamalar is uh, our, our, our Love Sport producer. I know, I know, I know. But it's it's the in-joke on the Love Sport radio show that, that Jamie, Jamie, the uh, Kiwi uh, producer... He goes to a, a, a chicken place where he lives called uh, Shamalar. And Jonathan decided to mishear it as Shalimar. Anyway, um, I'm going to get some final sense uh, on, on this from the wonderful Liam, uh, who, whose, whose emotions are probably in check due to, his, uh, due to his professionalism. But, I mean, you know, Marco, stop making a racket. Um, I'm not talking about the singing. Um, You're going to laugh in a minute. Liam. You're 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 going to the, in the bath in a minute. No, I said you're going to laugh in a minute. Forget this word. Okay, Stop. I'm going to laugh in a minute. All right, all right, all right, all right. Tell me in a sec. <laughs> uh, so Liam, yeah, you know, we're all a bit emotional. Obviously, we've got a bit of hope going on here. Um, is is that hope well founded? I mean, I ha- I have to say, I mean, I did say it on last week's show actually that you know we all know that when Conte gets it right and the players are up for it, we're capable of going on a big, big, big winning run. So there's. There is no reason why we can't do our part and and beat uh, beat uh, Huddersfield and Newcastle and indeed go on and win the FA Cup. 
it's, it's stranger things have happened. But obviously, we've got to depend on on Liverpool and Spurs screwing it up. One of them, at least. What's the chances, mate? Well, I, th- I mean, they they, they, ha- they have a chance, which is more than they could have ever hoped for at this stage of the season. Um, and you know, it would it wouldn't surprise me at all if they win the last two games and then beat United handily in the FA Cup final because. I've said before, I don't think there's a mental fragility necessarily to this group of players, but I think there's a mental flakiness where they can get caught up in momentum for good and for bad. If they if they can get on the crest of a wave and, and, and they get confident, they're, they're a really, really difficult team to stop. But when things start going against them, like what happened in, in the Mourinho season and like what happened for the first sort of three and a half months of this year... Um, then, then things can go really badly wrong, and you get the sense that things are totally unraveling. Um, Jonathan eating his tea again. No, excuse me, excuse me. I'm not doing anything. Is it Chidge? No, I believe it. I no, believe, not guilty. I believe it's coming from my flat. I've just relocated to a different room. Um, ah. Oh. I'm not the You're only company, one. Liam. I'm not the only one here. Yes. Um, are you allowed? <laughs> are you allowed to say who it is? Yeah, it's my better half. Yeah. <laughs> oh right, we had no idea. Hello, Liam's better half. How how delightful. Uh, I've, got, I've got headphones on. She's not being rude. I've just got headphones on. But um. No, 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 no. But yeah, More so merrier, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all because I think we've got uh, I think Chelsea have got players that are, are really finishing the season strongly in terms of form and finally now when Conte was begging for just one of his strikers to be to be scoring. Um, at any stage of the season now he's got two who are both who both refound their touch in front of goal and 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 all the all the wide players seem to be playing a little bit a little bit better as well so things are coming together at the right uh, well debatably whether it's the right time or not but uh it is at least providing a level of intrigue to the end of this season that we didn't think was was going to be the case okay Quick, quick straw poll. Quick straw poll. Uh, I'll start with Jonathan, then Marco, and then you, Liam. Jonathan, are we going to do it? Yes. Brilliant. Fourth or third? Third. Third. Good <laughs> man, Marco. Oh, um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know is the answer. <laughs> Ah, I just don't know. I don't know. Stop don't going. ask me questions like that. Yeah, don't ask me. Because you know I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> Listen, I've, I've got yeah, some... I know, I know. Well, what does Liam think? Yeah, what does Liam think? You're sensible. What, what do you think, Liam? Think? I, th- I, I, I think... Um... <laughs> I think... I'm a bit more sure, Liam. Bring some well, realism I... to it. I, I think it's more likely that I think it's more likely that that, that Tottenham screw up than than Liverpool do from here um, because they've got two games, so there's more opportunity. You know what, though? Have you seen who their last with? game? Have you seen who their last? If it wasn't for the fact that Tottenham were playing Leicester, who, who, yeah. who they gave up like you know a month ago, um, but but Leicester might consider they owe a debt of sorts to Chelsea. Um, for for the 2015-16 season, there's always there's been a bizarre sort of kinship between 
Leicester and Chelsea uh, as as clubs since that moment. Uh, and they are playing at Wembley, so yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Who knows? It's possible. It would be it would be the uh, most end. Entertaining narrative going into f- the final day if things were close. It was like that. winning the league. <laughs> I think we well, should I have, have a top bus parade. I have a feeling. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think the darkest, the darkest timeline for Chelsea would probably be to to miss out on goal difference, which is very, very possible. Um, and that, and that's oh, if don't every, go there. That's if every team wins all their games and all those games look very winnable. So. But we don't know. I didn't think Tottenham would lose to West Brom, wow. so it's it's no, all it's all up for no, grabs Chidge. now. Chidge. It's all up for grabs now. What? <laughs> Are you ready for this? I am ready. I had, a tid- I, had a, I, had a, I had a tidy out at, over the bank holiday weekend because um, I need to find some cupboard space and and this little box of tricks <laughs> came tumbling out of the cupboard. Are you ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stylophone. <laughs> oh, it's very wrong because uh, brilliant. Well, I was going to say actually, Marco, just to you know pump your balloon or prick your balloon a bit because that is just genius. You realise that it was Rolf Harris that brought the world the stylophone. <laughs> So no, maybe, no, yeah, exactly maybe it has to. I know, I know yeah, maybe it has to. Maybe it has to be confined to the bin, bin labelled Jimmy Savile, Rolf Harris, and Gary Glitter. But never mind. <laughs> that is genius. Mint, mint condition. This is. May I say how well you played it? You played it very well there, Mark. He did, didn't Impressive. he? He did. He did. He did. I was impressed. Listen, we got to, We got to go to part three in a set, but I, I can't do that without uh, at least saying that I'm gonna. I'm going to say bollocks to it. We're going to finish fourth and make it. I just feel we're going to do it. Just think of how much it'll upset Spurs if we do that. I would just laugh weird, and laugh and laugh. What? The, weird, the weird thing about it all is we're, we're kind of like, it's almost like an Arsenal mentality. I, I was sort of like thinking, yeah, now I can see, you know, why, why they used to get so excited about finishing fourth. <laughs> I think for me, you know, the, in in a sense, I would rather Spurs screw up. Uh, I'd, I'd actually rather them both screwing up and we come third. But it would be lovely to to knock uh, Spurs out of fourth, you know, so that they come fifth. That would be just so funny, you know, after the hype that they've had this season, the hysteria around their bloody wonderful, attractive football playing team, their English heart. You know, all of this bollocks. It would be just so Chelsea to ruin their party yet again. And I'm praying for that. Now, listen, it would be very remiss of me uh, to, uh, to to not uh, mention uh, in dispatches the lovely... I think I already mentioned the wonderful Noor and Yudi earlier on uh, who uh, from, from the Malaysian official supporters group who came over to meet me and Dan Silver who were absolutely wonderful and lovely. Um, but uh, we also met some other great people. We met Kevin in... Uh, in the cock, Kevin, of course, who emailed us in last week, and we met Mina and Bianca, who uh, we also heard from in an email a few weeks back. It was great to see them in the cock. Also, loads of other people. Great turnout, as usual. Tony, Alex, Dan, you name it. Pablo was there. Jonathan even popped in to say hello. All fantastic and wonderful. Uh, and then I had a great time in the Atlas afterwards, as always. Too many people to mention, but you know who you are. It was great to see you. For, I'm afraid, sadly, the last time this season, unless uh, I get a bit rowdy 
uh, after the Legends game. Now, in part three, uh, we've got the usual parish notices, uh, and we'll also look ahead to tomorrow night's match against Huddersfield. Liam can tell us everything uh, that uh, went on in the press conference. We're going to say best wishes to Alex Ferguson, and we're also going to say well done to the Chelsea ladies. See you in a second. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. I'm Stamford Chidge, and you are, of course, listening to the Chelsea Fancast. We're getting towards the business end of the season. Only a few more Monday night shows left. Uh, I can hear you all weeping as I say those words. I am also weeping with tears of joy that I won't have to give up my Monday night during the summer. No, I'm only joking. I'll, I shall miss it dreadfully, as I will miss you all, especially of those of you in Mixler who come in here loyally every Monday to uh, cheer the likes of me, Jonathan, Marco and Liam up. Uh, talking which, Jonathan, good to have you back. Thank you. Uh, Marco, are you refreshed from the lemon break? I am. Jolly good. Have you put your stylophone away? I have boxed it and put it put it in the cupboard. Um, I'm sure it will get a... Now, now I've now found it again. I think I might have to have a little play with it. Well, so you, could, you have to bring it to the stall next season, mate, and entertain <laughs> us, you know, in those long, dark Friday, winter months. You've got to bring it to... Uh, well, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot we're seeing him again on Friday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, last but by no means least, we have the great sage from ESPN, the man that is Liam Toomey. 
Hello. Hello. Uh, we'll be hearing a little bit more from Liam later on because uh, Liam was at the press conference today and we will talk about that. Uh, but before we do that, just a quick shout out for the website, ChelseaFanCast.com, where you will find everything you ever wanted to know about the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, what, when it's on, how many shows we do, the latest shows that you can download, lots of great blogs. It's a really where we drink, a little bit of history about us, all sorts of great stuff. It really is a must-see website so there you go and leon or Heon does a great job uh marshalling the writers and getting them to write great stuff so do check it out now uh, a few parish notices as always less than normal uh but the first and most important of which of course is the chelsea supporters trust so go and join the trust get your voice heard by the club it's very easy and very free to join up as a member you just go to the website join up easy pay no money but and this is a big but if you want a nice shiny badge and you want to be able to vote and attend any of the meetings we have, then you do need to sign up as a paying member, which is five quid a year. Uh, not a lot of money, really, when you think about it. Now, uh, you can sign up, as I said, at ChelseaSupporterstrust.com, which will entitle you to come to the meetings, come to the events and vote on the issues that directly affect you. Of course, uh, there's the AGM coming up in the summer in August, uh, and they'll be voting for a new board. At that point, and all the motions that we work hard to uh, to uh, get heard during the year, get the club to try and take some notice of. Now, the thing that's going on at the moment, which is of great import and something which actually feeds very much into the motions that we uh, vote on and take forward during the year, and that's the annual survey, which you may have seen me tweeting about recently. Um, it's open to anybody. You don't have to be a member of the trust uh, to sign up uh, to sign and complete the survey. Uh, as long as you love Chelsea and you you want to get a few things off your chest because the survey covers really important stuff like ticket pricing, ticket allocations, loyalty points, safe standing, uh, Stamford Bridge redevelopment, the temporary location, kick-off times, atmosphere, you name it, all the big issues that affect the likes of you and me who go week in, week out, and also uh, the, the affect the likes of you who are you know not lucky enough to be able to go week in or, or week out. It's it's all the same. It, it all affects us. So uh, if you want to fill that in, please do. Um, all you have to do is to go, again, as I said, to ChelseaSupportersTrust.com or just check their Twitter feed out. Uh, there'll be a link to the survey on there. But the homepage of the website's got a link to it. Very easy to find. Uh, so do, or Facebook even. So please do fill it in. Uh, you've got until the end of May, uh, and as I said, it'll give us an idea of where you stand on all the various issues that are very important to all of us, so I commend it to you. And also, a very warm welcome to the Malaysian Official Supporters Group, who I mentioned earlier on, who have now signed up as affiliate members. They are our first affiliate members from Asia, so we're very, very, very proud to hear them. Uh, to hear them, to have them on board. Uh, we've got a few uh, from America and a few from the UK, but it's lovely to have them with us. So thank you to them. Uh, now, uh, talking of things that are related to Chelsea, uh, the CPO. So if you want to be a member or sign up to the Chelsea Pitch Owners and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share <laughs> of the Chelsea Pitch Owners, um, which will only cost you, I'm, I, I, I believe, around 25 quid now each share costs. Uh, so it's, it's, it's become a lot more affordable to everybody. But if you want to find out how to buy one of those, then you can email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners. And you can follow them uh, at pitch owners. And the last, but by no means least, of the parish notices is for Patreon. Uh, as you hear me saying on every show, uh, how absolutely grateful 
and delighted we all are that uh, we have quite a few subscribers on this thing called Patreon, which is basically a website uh, that's created to allow people to donate money uh, to to the show, help us cover the running costs and all that kind of thing. Uh, and as I always say, I am working on some uh, some some kind of ways where we can thank you. Uh, spending the money on something that you can all identify with. I will say no more. I did reveal it to somebody, actually, over the weekend and, and swore them to secrecy because I do have a brave and cunning plan. But as I said, if you you know, we do quite a lot of shows. It's quite a lot of work. It's nice, nice if people feel that they want to, you know, voluntarily donate some money to us. Uh, and they can do it very, very easily at patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, and thank you to all of you who do. It's greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, you really, you know, there's no pressure. There's no kind of limit or anything. But uh, I always say that, you know, you pay only a pound for the fanzine. So if you paid only a pound for the show, it would be about 5 to $10 a month. Right, enough parish notices. Uh, we now, of course, have the wonders of the Huddersfield game tomorrow night, which I'm afraid, because it's on a bloody Wednesday evening... Uh, means that I cannot go because uh, I'm afraid I work in Southampton until half past six on a Wednesday night. So I will be missing the last home game of the season, which which gives me great sorrow, I'm afraid. Uh, but there we go. Um, let's talk to Liam about this first because he was at the press conference today, so he'll have all the hot news at his fingertips. What's the hot news, uh, Liam, from the from the, uh, the presser? <laughs> There, there isn't much hot news of any kind these days. No, really? Uh, from Conte really? Press I'm surprised. He, he never gives anything now. Um, but no, I mean, I guess the closest thing to news to come out of it was that uh, Conte reiterated what he said after the Liverpool game, which is that Alvaro Morata is fit again after that minor injury. We, we were never told in specifics what the in- injury was that kept him out of the Liverpool game. Did he break what, a fe- fe- Was it a fingernail? Well, I, I, I wouldn't care to guess but um but he's certainly he's certainly fighting fit again and I would expect to see him play at least some part of the of the game against Huddersfield. Uh it, you know, I wouldn't even necessarily rule out the possibility that, that Conte goes two up two up front again in the way that he did away at Burnley. Um we'll have to see. But the fact that Willian and Pedro didn't didn't start against uh against Liverpool and Conte waited till the 86th minute to make his first substitution probably means that he'll rotate a fair bit in, for this game at least his attacking options I think Hazard and Giroud will maybe not may not be the freshest after that intense battle uh, other than that you know so, the, I mean who sorry mate go on no I was just going to say he was fired they fired questions at him about transfer speculation and he he, he shut it down as he always does um, and then he was asked about his future, and he shut it down as he always does. <laughs> he, he he was asked if this could be his final home game, which is obviously a very valid question to ask, but one that he's never. Was that going... by that absolute? Was it? Was it by? Was that by that complete idiot moose by any chance? Uh, I can't actually remember who, who asked that question. Because the reason I ask is that they they ran a headline on on the Talksport News. Uh, basically, you know, making a big meal of it. Oh, it's going to be his last game. It's it's the worst kind of shithouse news you can get, in my opinion. You create your own news with a dodgy story that has no credence, and it really smacked of that, if you ask me. So well, that's was, why I asked. I wonder if it was Moose. I, 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 don't, I can't say without listening back to the audio, but um, I think and got, uh, listening to it once was bad enough. <laughs> so I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of question that is always going to get asked but is never going to get answered. And there are quite a lot of those questions at this stage of the season. 
because Conte won't indulge any question that in any way references next season at Chelsea. It's all about the present. It's all about focusing on the next game because he doesn't want to have to answer whether he's going to be there beyond this summer or not. Uh, and there isn't really a huge amount else to ask him in a pre-match press conference because until the game happens, we don't know what Chelsea are going to turn up. We don't know if they'll get the results they need. And, uh, I, I, you know, we can have much better conversations, I think, after the Newcastle game at the weekend because we'll know where everything lies. But at the moment, he's he's not giving us an awful lot. Mm. So, OK, who, who do you think is going to start then tomorrow? Because, I mean, you know... I would imagine it took a bit out of them on on Sunday. Not that they're they're not capable of playing two two games a week, but uh, I'd say they pretty much started the first team on uh, on Sunday. So how how do you think it'll go? Change of formation, change of personnel. I'm I'm leaning towards I think three four three because he hasn't got the midfielders to to rotate his team and stick with the three five two. Uh, so I think he'll go back to three four three and probably play. Pedro and Willian rest Hazard from the start and maybe rest Giroud and play play Morata because I, I think he'll probably see as much as he always says as much as Conte always says you know we respect every opponent pay great attention and all of that I think he probably sees Newcastle away on the final day as a tougher game than Huddersfield at home even despite the, what Huddersfield yeah. did against Manchester City um, so he, he'll have options on the bench to try and change it if it's going wrong but I, I would expect to see that front three start and then it depends how much he wants to rotate beyond that you know you could put Christensen back in if you're not if you're not too wary of, of screwing around with the the back three unit that's worked well in the last few weeks and you could put Emerson back in to, to relieve Alonso because we've, we've seen in the last couple of weeks that, that Emerson can do a pretty good job as well so I think the front's real change, but beyond that is is really at Conte's discretion. Uh, how does Field safe, Liam? Or do they still need points to avoid relegation? I don't think they're safe, but that was a big, big point for them um, against Manchester City because they're, they're, I mean their final three fixtures are insanely hard. I'm just looking at the table now, and uh, and obviously a lot will change depending on the result of this Swansea Southampton game. But at the moment. They are three points clear with with two games remaining, and those two games are against Chelsea and Arsenal. So they're they're, they're certainly still yeah. motivated. I think actually they would have much preferred Chelsea to lose at the weekend because they would probably have been hoping that Chelsea lose, go out of the top four race, and then phone in the final two games. As things stand, they'll be yeah. facing a very motivated Conte team. Yeah. Well, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't win it, but that's not the first time we've said this this season. Uh, Jonathan, uh, what say you? I mean, you know, Liam seems to think there's going to be a few changes, formation and personnel. You know, are you happy with that? Or, uh, or or would you rather see the team that beat Liverpool go out? Yeah, I hope not. I hope he plays a proper team. Uh, I think he has to play the same team for all the three matches now. I think he'd take his foot off the accelerator. Um, Alonso hasn't been playing much anyway because he was... Uh, he was suspended, so he should keep playing him. Um, Bakayoko's had all year to wander about, and finally he's, he's looking a decent player. He's hardly um, exhausted himself. Giroud would want to play because he's so uh, terrific. I think it's just a pattern, possibly. He might. I don't know what what he believes. He, he'll have looked at the uh, the video of Huddersfield 
um, attacking, I suppose, but uh, if that's what they're going to do. Um, but I'd have thought that if we just played... Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't think you'll play the five. I think you'll play um, uh, three, four... Uh, I think you'll play the two up, possibly, actually. I don't know. I've got no bloody clue what he's going to do, for God's sake. But I, know, I just hope that he, <laughs> he keeps it as the strength... as the strength of the side, I hope they're committed. And if he realises it's going wrong, that he changes it rather than waiting until mm -hmm. the, uh, the 89th minute to make changes. Um, uh, that would be my view. So, I've got, I've got to say, you know, what with everything that's happened and, and where we all sit now, I'm really quite gutted I'm missing this. I mean, you know, a few weeks ago, I was like, ah, oh, you know, shame to miss the last home game of the season, but, you know, whatever. It won't, it won't, you know, it won't be important. It's all going to be over by then. You know, I can I can watch it on the telly. You know, I'll be all right. Now I'm really gutted. I'm not going to be there. I mean, it could be really important. It could be a cracker. I don't know, but I just feel I'm going to be missing out, Marco. What do you reckon? Uh, well, do I think you'll be missing out? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, you know, because it's Chelsea, you know, I think we're all kind of assuming we're going to panel Huddersfield. Um, tomorrow, but you know, I think everybody was expecting. I mean, me included. I, I put, I had three Man City um, players in in, in my um, fantasy football team because I thought they were going to destroy Huddersfield on uh, at the weekend. Well, that worked out well, didn't it? So I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't take for granted that that we're going to um, take them to the cleaners uh, at, at all. You know. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game, um, and I, 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 I'm kind of in in the JK camp where I, I think he should just play the same team. Um, maybe maybe play Hazard off the bench, um, and and let William have a have a runner. Oh, yeah, have a yeah. run. But I think he's got to stick with he's got to stick with that back line, and he's got to stick with. Um, you know, Bakayoko and Kante. Um, you know, whether whether there are some little tweaks and changes um, in addition to that, I, I don't know. I wouldn't change it too much. But I don't. You know, it's not going to be an easy game. Um, you know, because I, I think they, if they could, if they could get a point out of that game, they, they'd be really happy. Just looking at the live table with the nil-nil. Um, Swansea Southampton game that yeah it's pretty tight there so I mean essentially they, they, they've got a worse goal difference than both Southampton and Swansea um, have Huddersfield so I, I don't think you know I think they'll they'll be properly coming to shore up their, their back line and give nothing away um, I expect yeah because it's Wenger's last gonna, game, isn't it? They, they play Arsenal in their last game. So, yeah. Yeah, but they're... they're, they're yeah. going to be a really tight game, I think, um, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you think they, they might come, up, come and try and defend? I mean, it's not really their thing from, from what I have seen of Huddersfield this year. They don't, they don't, you know, sit and play like a championship side and part the bus. They actually have a go, so uh, which is why they leak so many goals. To be fair to them, mm. so it'll be interesting to see if they do if they do try that. I mean, at City they gave it a right go, actually. To be fair to them, I mean they got away with it as well. City didn't have their shooting boots on, 
Um, but uh, they they don't really park the bus. So, but I, who knows? I mean, I I suspect it's going to be a tense affair. I really do. But I I have no idea. I'm not even going to bother trying to predict this game because I just have absolutely no idea. All I'm going to say is that I'm I'm actually very sorry. I won't be there now. Uh, but to all of those who are going, have a wonderful, wonderful time and enjoy enjoy yourself. It's later than you think, and all of that. So there we go. Um, right, uh, we should really um, I, I kind of, you know, I didn't really do anything on Twitter because I was a bit busy over the weekend. But uh, I was very shocked to hear of the news uh, that Sir Alex Ferguson had a, had emergency emergency surgery for. Uh, a brain hemorrhage, which is uh, really a very serious thing, obviously, and he's now uh, he's now in uh, intensive care in Manchester. Um, but yeah, actually, I, I I wish him all the best. Actually, I mean, you know, enmity and rivalry aside, and let's be honest, he was a right pain in the ass as a Man United manager. But you cannot cannot uh, say anything other than the fact that he's possibly the greatest manager of all time, Jonathan, and that yeah. that deserves a bit of respect, I think. Yeah, completely. You can't. Uh... Can't I must have I haven't seen any tweets people having a go at him just for being him and what he did as no. a United manager. I think everybody's uh, um, gathered round and, uh, and and given their appreciation of him as a as a wonderful manager. Um, unlikely to and anybody else is unlikely to uh, achieve what he achieved. But I, it was slightly an accident waiting to happen, wasn't it? Really, he got ruddier and ruddier in the face, and I kept thinking, oh blimey, he's been drinking a lot today, isn't he? Um, so I, I was worried about his health. I've been for the past couple of years, actually. I keep thinking, oh, is something going to happen to him? But um, I'd like him to be around for another twenty years and uh, and constantly yeah. look as a, 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 be be in the stands, looking very downbeat about every uh, manager that Man U have, because uh, um, he's like a reminder of what uh, what things were in the past. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I wish him well, as you as one does in this situation. Yeah. You know, I think you'll have to go Absolutely on a right. I echo that. comes out. You'll have to stop drinking. You'll have to go on a proper diet and do some exercise. Well, you say that, but red wine is supposed to be a very good blood thinner. So, uh, <laughs> it being that he, he's effectively had a stroke, I mean, I would have thought it would have been good for him. So, uh, if I was if I was you, Fergie, get better and enjoy the wine because I know he likes. I know he likes a, a good bottle of red. He knows his red. Liam, uh, no doubt, as a member of the press. You'll you'll absolutely offer your uh, best wishes to him, won't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it's one of the one of the regrets of my young, young career that I, n- I never really um, I was never in a Ferguson press conference, and I never really got to got to deal with him for for good or for bad, whether it be the the hairdryer or, or just getting question answered. You know, he's he's a he's been a towering figure, the defining figure of the Premier League, and. Uh, you know, you know, t- t- time is time is undefeated in this world. But I mean, you you don't want to see the, the the true greats of 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 our generation in any kind of trouble. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he gets through this and and is is back on his feet. I mean, it, it was particularly shocking because we saw him on the pitch at Old Trafford the week before giving yeah. giving that trophy to to Wenger. So it, it's it's quite frightening how how quickly these things can happen. But the the early yeah. signs seem to be that he's he's doing pretty well, so hopefully um, he'll be back out in the in the public eye when he's when he's good and ready. Well, let's hope so. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Actually, because it's this kind of time when something like this happens, Marco, that 
a lot of the uh, stories that that usually remain behind the scenes come out about you know what kind of a bloke he really is. It's not not necessarily the bloke that you saw with his absolute blind fury and myopia on the touchline mm. and sticking it to the press and all and sundry. But actually behind the scenes, he, he's hugely respected and very loved actually, and has a lot of time uh, for people you know throughout the game. So yeah. yeah. I had a, it was a while ago now. I was, I was in I was in Ireland on, on business. I don't know. It must have been about ten years ago. And um, I, I was invited to this event, and it was a speaking event. And, and Fergie was uh, like the you know the the, the the main attraction. And you know he's kind of like I don't know. We'll, you know we've all been there when. Um, Tommy Doherty sat there and held court, and you, you know, you just find yourself listening and listening, and um, you know, it was the same with him. He's just like, you know, one of those people. Doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what 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 team you support, you know, because of what he's achieved and what he knows, um, you know, his his uh, his way of conveying. Um, what he knew and the wisdom um, in in that form in that sort of pl- on that platform was um, wasn't what I expected based on you know the, the, the kind of like the personality portrayed um, during his time as a manager you know kind of like the the brusque hairdryer and all that kind of stuff so yeah I mean I think it's a great shame I just think I think just as a, as a general point I think you know th- th- this year. Um, you know the Grim Reaper is uh, is 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 properly taking some uh, legends away with him, isn't he? Um, this year, and it really kind of, you know, I, I don't know. Well, just part of getting older, isn't it? Um, for for all of us, but yeah, it's, yeah. it really sits. You know, makes you think. Um, you know, certainly. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I mean, he's seventy six, which is no age, but then you think about Ray. Wilkins, you know, uh, the yeah. comparatively young age he he was, you know, it's kind of, will everybody stop dying, please? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I second, healthy. I second that. That's a a, a laudable, a laudable sentiment. But uh, I, I very nearly interviewed him about twelve years ago when I was doing that program on on goals for and goals against Man United. But uh, quite rightly, the uh, the main producer on the program, who was a Man United fan, he got the honour, and uh, you know it was quite a big event, and they took him a nice bottle of wine. Apparently, he was an absolute sweetheart. So, uh, I was kind of gutted that I never got the chance. That'd have been a real, that'd have been one for the mem- memoirs. That one, but uh, hey, I got to, in- I, I got to interview Peter Osgood, the last interview before he died. So, uh, I suppose uh, I, I was lucky in that respect. Anyway, yeah, get well, Fergie, from all of us. Um, very, very quickly, very lastly, we need to say uh, well done to the ladies, uh, the Women's FA Cup. Chelsea won it again. Um, I mean, they were like, what, 40,000, 50,000 at Wembley, Jonathan? It's becoming quite a thing, isn't it? And they, they like everything else at Chelsea, apart from the first team, are absolutely superb. Yes, yes. Who's the, who's the main attraction, the, uh, the girl who scored both goals? I can't remember her name. Frank Kirby, isn't it? Yeah, 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 brilliant, brilliant. I wish I'd get my daughter interested. Um, I said, can we go to the, the cup final? And she said, oh, she, well, I've got gymnastics first, she said, and then I'm going to play with a friend on the trampoline. I went, oh, okay, okay, okay. She said, I don't like football, Daddy. I said, even girls playing? No, I don't. She said, it's not for me. So, How does Miss, is Miss Steep a fan, uh, uh, Marco? Miss Steep a fan of uh, a football fan? 
She, Misty's um, got the music bug, so she's uh, already got a merit in her grade one piano. She's playing the trumpet <laughs> and, wow. and we'll probably playing the stylophone at the weekend as well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, she kind of like, and, and to be honest with you, um, I, I'm all for it because if she suddenly decided she wanted to start coming to the bridge anytime soon. That would change the whole dynamic of my football experience i think so um yeah she no no she's uh not 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 showing any inclination at the moment but i do plan to bring her to the bridge before um the the, the redevelopment starts so that'll be in the next couple of seasons she will make her bow in gate 17 mm. you know what you could always get her selling the fanzine mate well, yeah, she's, yeah. <laughs> Only a pound, hurry up. <laughs> yeah, God, God help us. <laughs> God help us indeed. Uh, we look forward to the day that Misty makes her debut at the bridge. We really do. She's a pop-it. Um, right, okay, enough of all of that. Well done to the ladies, as I said. Uh, now, part four, final part. We've got some fantastic emails for Jonathan to read out. Do not touch that dial. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. We're on the home straight, and of course, you all know what that means by now. It means that Jonathan gets to read out your correspondence that you so kindly write and send in. And as always, we've got some absolute, excuse me, absolute blinders, some peaky blinders this week. Uh, Jonathan, would you like to do the honours? Email number one, Jeff Funderburk. Yes. Hello, gang. I've been thinking about emailing you guys for a while, and I've finally come up with a worthy subject matter, and that is to simply say thank you. Good. All right, Jeff. Thanks. That's a brief mail. Oh, there's more. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I've been a blues fan for about 15 years now, even before decent television coverage here in the state. As you may or may not know, the broadcasting of Premier League matches really took off over here a few years ago. And now we can watch almost every match. Before this, however, I had to follow the team any way I could. Of course, the internet had been a big help in this regard, and I still get most of my Chelsea coverage via the net, and in particular, by podcasts. I discovered the Chelsea fancast two or three years ago, and have been a devout follower ever since. I've come to depend on you for all the details of my favourite team, and enjoy listening to your podcasts on my rather lengthy commute to and from work each day. I've actually come to think of you guys, and all of your guests, as my friends across the ocean. Of course, you... Of course, you, Chidge, and you, Jonathan, are the reason I listen in every week. Oh, Jeff. But your impressive array of guests and their insights are also an integral part of my Chelsea experience. Yeah, they're the best thing, actually, Jeff, to be honest. You know, me and Chidge. Um, I do listen... Wouldn't, wouldn't be hard, would it, JK? I do listen to some other podcasts, but you guys are my main source of information. I've also found that we have some things in common. I know you both are involved in TV and film production, as am I. As am I. 
I'm aware that JK, JK's mum's nickname was Pinky, as is my 93-year-old dad, though he's Pinky. Although that's the same P-I-N-K-Y, because he's put P-I-N-K-I-E. Um, I think she, she never quite worked out whether it was I-E or Y, actually. Now, the reason, very quickly, I'm going to digress, is because there was an actor, an actor in that period. Actually, but no, your surname isn't Barnes. Because that's why my mum was called that, because of Pinky Barnes. Pinky Thunderbug, Thunderbug isn't, you know, there isn't a, a precedent. Anyway, my dad was an Air Force pilot stationed in Ipswich during World War II and has passed his affection for the people of England on to me. I also know that JK and I are roughly the same age, what, 35, yet both have a childlike <laughs> affection for the blues. Yeah, it's very childish. I can be as silly as he is. Good for you. I also even asked for and received good advice on gin from Miss Churchill. She knows what she's talking about, not only in regards of football, but on the lovely nuances of a good bottle of gin as well. Yeah, she certainly knows about that. Now, I was not raised in a soccer-loving household, but I played soccer in high school and went on to become a coach and a licensed referee later on in life. Good for you. I can only imagine growing up with the long-standing traditions of a century-old club like Chelsea. Uh, 113 years actually although I'm very much enjoying the first two years of my excellent young MLS team the Atlanta United so the fact that I live in the United States means there are it means there's a very real chance that I may, ne may never get to see Chelsea play at the bridge but could you be playing when when yeah no but surely um oh, anyway does this make me any less of a fan of course not and I appreciate your acknowledgement of fans like me the world over. Yeah, I'm sure you can get over and watch a game, Jeff. There are many of us who can only admire the team from afar, but we're still massive fans. I'm a member of the Supporters Trust and will soon be a member of the Pitch Owners Association as soon as I can talk the wife into the thankfully lower $25 cost. I'm even contributing a bit to you through Patreon. Ah, so you can thank me for that last little warm swallow in the bottom of your pint glass we will <laughs> really well expressed we will drink to you my favorite song is the Liqu liquidator well it's just as well really and i've decorated my basement in an all things chelsea motif i know your listeners can't see but my photo but i rely on the dulcet tones of mr kid to describe my little homage to the blues right well in his den here he's got a wooden top just by the ceiling and he's got the espana spanish scarf i don't quite get that anyway there's a chelsea super blues scarf there's uh, there are a couple of pictures uh, there's a lamps there's an enormous one of those checked flags that uh, they used to give away and they don't give away anymore another couple of pictures of old players um 26th john terry shirt blimey well done he's, he's doing rather well um my my ancient eyes aren't picking these things out um uh, is that Costa there? Is that a Costa picture? I don't think so. What do you think, Church? Is that Costa? Drogba, mate. No, 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 no. The 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 one, the nearby one. It seems to be signed. The top left-hand corner. That'd be clever. Um, That's JT, isn't it? No, is it JT? Is JT on the left? JT on the left by the picture. I think he's got he's got JT lamps. Oh, it's JT Drogba, and lamps. He's got a yellow Hazard, shirt as well. Torres. Other signs. Got signs on that. Oh, the yellow one. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea shirt. That's the that's the second. It was the third colour, wasn't it? From about four years ago, wasn't that it? Yeah, that's uh, no, no. It's 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 a while ago. That's uh, that's nineties, isn't it? No, we no, no, early early no, noughties. We played the we played the uh, um, the cup final in those yellow shirts, didn't we? When Lampard. Two thousand and nine. Yeah, but that's the, it's got all 
Mate, it's got auto glass on it. It's way before that. Oh, I can't see that. Oh, well, well done. Yes, it has. Yeah, okay, anyway. Um, it says, pay no attention to that MUFC banner hiding beneath my Oscar journey. That belonged to my daughter before I taught her right from wrong. Anyway, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a lovely homage, homage. Please note that posters of Chesk and William adorn the opposite wall, along with an autographed photo of Fernando Torres scoring against Victor Valdez in the 2012 Champions League semi-final versus Barca. My personal favourite Chelsea moment. Heck, even my dog is a Chelsea fan. And then there's a, uh, a Labrador, I think, with a Chelsea hat on, looking rather content and... Um, uh, yawning. Anyway, I know, just... Um, <laughs> He's listening to the show, mate. To the show, yes, exactly. Bored, rigid. The bottom line here... No, he's just looking happy. The bottom line here is that I would just like to offer a heartful thank you to the entire fan cast, uh, reciprocated, um, crew, for keeping me well-informed and brightening my drive to and from work. Thanks also for the Kerry Dixon show as well, and it seems we're now getting a podcast of the Love Sport Radio show, which is another treat. You've gone mad, Jeff, listening to all of this. You all do a fantastic job, and if I ever do get to London, I would love to buy you all a round at the cock. I think we're buying you the round, mate. Likewise, if you ever wander over here to Atlanta, I'm buying the first round. Then we're coming to stay with you. I will miss you all over the summer. Please feel free to do occasional summer transfer window updates. We'll be doing that on... Uh, on Love Radio, because that's going on all summer. For the record, I hope we keep Conte, sign Hazard to a long-term contract, and give Bakayoko a chance with a full pre-season under his belt. I still think he's got a lot of potential. Well, I think you may be correct. Cheers and up the Chelsea, your friend Jeff Funderburg. Atlanta, Georgia, and my daughter, of course, is Georgia. So we have two things in common. Um, this second one, a lovely email that was. Lovely, lovely. Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. I think we need to comment on that. I think, first of all, Jeff, uh, thank you so much so much for your Patreonage, if you see what I mean. Clever. Uh, and Jonathan's dead right. I mean, we, there's the last fan cast, uh, Monday night fan cast, week after the Effie Cup final, uh, and uh, the last Kerry show that week as well, I think, of the season. But as Jonathan says, we are going to. We've been asked to carry on doing the Friday night uh, Love Sport radio show, uh, and uh, until they tell us to piss off, uh, we intend we intend to carry on with them. So we will be talking nonsense all the way through the summer. I can't wait for the one on the twenty fourth of May, Jonathan, because I will certainly have been at Lords all day, and we know what that means. You'll be completely pissed. Possibly. <laughs> so uh, you have been warned. So, but yeah, we're going to do them every Friday. We're going to keep going for them. And as uh, as Jeff said, we we're now doing them as podcasts, and they come out uh, either on the Friday night when I get home, or the Saturday morning, depending on how busy or knackered I am. But uh, so keep listening during the summer. There will be stuff for you to listen to, courtesy of the Chelsea Fancast. Great email that Jonathan, wasn't it? Oh, fantastic! As always, as always, the uh, the the guys who support us from abroad are. are uh, completely wonderful, absolutely superb. The uh, the uh, the amount of um, uh, energy required to uh, to support a team on the other side of the world is just absolutely brilliant. So, well done. Uh, email two. What do you reckon, Chidge? Aubrey or Aubrey Robards? Aubrey. Well, when we met her, she was because we we met her as oh, of course you'll find out when you read Aubrey. it. But uh, Aubrey. yeah, she said yes, Aubrey, yes. didn't she? Yes, she did. Sorry, of course, of course, Robots. Yes, yes, I should have asked her. She was related to Jason Robots. I'd forgotten about that. Hey, uh, hey there, everyone. How are you guys? 
I had the wondrous joy of meeting most of you with my husband, Mac, is of course, Aubrey, on our very first trip to London over the Easter holiday. We came over with the London is Blue podcast and truth be told, when my husband mentioned last December that we had to go to London in March because Stamford Bridge was getting levelled and rebuilt, I expected a lovely kid-free trip filled with tourism, museums and some Chelsea. Little did I know the trip would be almost exclusively Chelsea and I would love every minute I do support Chelsea, but I'm not on my husband's level of adoration. For example, I'll watch games from home, but I'm not joining him at 5 a.m. on a Saturday at a pub to watch it live. Sorry, guys. But, lots of views and, and a tea. Meeting you all at the live recording of the podcast that Saturday at the Atlas was the beginning of a fantastic weekend. Even though our first match at the bridge was a crap loss, we were able to happily drown our sorrows in a proper pub, which we closed down with Chidge. <laughs> Needless to say, London Matt and London Aubrey are way more exciting than our boring A, a, to, a to Z versions, to be American. Watching my no, AZ, Arizona. Oh, sorry, Arizona. Sorry, so you're absolutely right. AZ versions. Watching my husband see sights he's dreamed of seeing since we were both teenagers was amazing and you all made it even more special. You truly made us feel welcome and gave us a beautiful weekend of authentic Chelsea football. I debated on writing in since I'm a super new listener, but you should know you are indeed a super new listener, but you should know you all made Chelsea the best part of our trip. And I dragged Matt all the way to Watford to see the Harry Potter studio for crying out loud. This trip will always hold a place in my heart and has forever changed my podcast lineup. Since Matt listens live on Mixler every Monday, I promise to give the fan cast a listen. I must say, you are all wonderfully charming, even when you're threatening to mute each other's mics. <laughs> I also really enjoy the Love Sport radio show you've been posting and have looked a fool many times grocery shopping while listening to it because I can't stop laughing. Good, good, they're laughing. She's laughing with you, Chich. Great. We are already planning our next trip and cannot wait to see all of you again. Let us know if you're ever in Phoenix. Matt will be happy to taxi you around. Smiley face. With love, Aubrey. Fantastic. Fantastic. She was great. They were great. They were a lovely couple. They were so friendly. It was good to meet them. Once again, you know, coming over, watch the team and uh, watching from America and then coming over and uh, it's just um, wonderful. Superb. That 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 was a great. I mean, you know, in spite of the fact we lost to Spurs, which I'm afraid is indelibly imprinted on my mind. Um, you're right. I mean, we were all there. You, me, Liam, and Marco uh, were in the in the Atlas at various stages. We met Matt and Aubrey, and they were absolutely delightful. I particularly like the fact that uh, uh, she mentions that uh, it was a proper pub which we closed down with Chidge. Just to translate that from American, that means that I crawled out of there at about half past midnight. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely wankered. No other way to describe it. I also like the idea that uh, watching my husband see sights he has dreamed of seeing since we were both teenagers. I, I hope that you're not alluding to the fact that Matt has dreamed of seeing me wankered uh, since he was a teenager, because there would be something very wrong about that. But uh, they were delightful. Matt and Aubrey, I, t I would love to come to Arizona and spend some time with you, and I cannot wait till you both come back. Marco, Liam, Jonathan were all there. I mean, they were great, weren't they, Marco? Do you remember meeting them? Yeah, they yeah. They were there, oh, I think, no, when we did fantastic. the podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, good I, people. I really like so that. many. We're. I really enjoyed that afternoon because basically, I, obviously, I never get to have a social on on match days, of, which involves copious amounts of beer and banter, apart from on the store where I'm not permitted to drink. Uh, so yeah, no, it's uh, it was fantastic to meet all those people. Yeah, it was indeed. Good stuff, good stuff. All right then, matey, have a, do you want another one? Email three, Jonathan. David Lotzer. The French yep. Revolution and other topics. That's interesting. Hello, Chidge and the gang. I want to cover a couple of different topics that I was going to email in, but didn't want to saturate the already long email list of a couple of weeks ago. First off, what a victory yesterday. Everyone who's been under the pressure from fans performed admirably. Cahill and Moses were near flawless. Fabregas looked much more comfortable with his role. Rudiger roughed Salah up early and took him straight out of the game. I want to dedicate a portion to Bakayoko. I had a chance to talk with a red squirrel from AS Monaco a few weeks back who personally worked with developing Bakayoko. In our discussion, he said Bakayoko should not play in a two in the centre of midfield. Bakayoko will never be a Matic. He doesn't have the mind yet to take on that much responsibility. He needs to be in a three to take some of the pressure off when he makes mistakes. Bakayoko needs the freedom to move forwards, which he had with a pair like Fabinho, now Kante, behind him. The Red Squirrel also said it could be another year before we start seeing the best from Bakayoko. This game showed his class at his position, intercepting balls early, getting forward to occupy the extra centre-back who isn't marking Giroud, and using his body to shield off the press from Liverpool, attracting defenders, then switching the point of attack. The biggest difference from February to now is Olivier Giroud. Yes, El Biedo. That's my words, by the way. We have a forward who our players trust. I agree completely. Not to say that Morata couldn't be that player for us in the future, but for now, he is not ready to take on that role. That is why Conte wanted a player like Lorente to mentor Morata and give him time to ease into the EPL. Don't get me started on the ridiculous one-year contract crap. Giroud gives us the ability to play in just about any style of game. He can play passes off to our midfielders, occupy the centre-backs to give the wingers isolation, or work as a target man. Giroud is the sole reason our season has turned around. That's what I was saying earlier. Now we have a real shot of getting top four. This is what Conte has been wanting to do from day one of the season. He didn't get the players he wanted, especially the, I think he wanted very old Italians, especially the experienced target forward, yes, Lorente, in the summer. So he had to revert back to the 3-4-3. As a coach myself, I completely understand Conte's frustration. He is the third fastest of 50 wins in history. He's been one of the best managers in the world at top clubs for almost six years, and he still can't get the players he wants. What else does he have to do? It must be beyond aggravating. I'll be very disappointed if we keep Conte and still do not get the players he wants. He has shown he will give the youth a shot and we need to show other managers to come that we can give a manager a chance to play his style with financial support. I will save other topics for another email. Thank you for all that y'all do. Up the Chelsea, David Lotzer. Uh, now, the problem is, David, is that uh, I think the players, as I've said before on here, the players he wanted to get were all in their 30s and all Italian and all uh, wanted more than one year contracts. And that was the pro major problem. And that's why he 
he uh, he disappeared. Isn't that right, Liam? Was that right? Was that the uh, the, the view that he was after? He was trying to get players that the, the board wouldn't wouldn't have anything to do with because they were all you know like Bonucci and um, uh, yeah, yeah. And what was the other guy? Um, Chilet, what's his name? Chilet, Jacques, the the other the other um, Chiellini. Chiellini, the other slightly madman. And he wanted yeah, to... I mean the the age, the age profile was a big broader issue with the with the transfer policy. I mean, there, there were also players that he wanted that were just too expensive. Like Benucci would have been about 60 million, 60 million euros, which, uh, you know, when you when you when you add that to his age and the contract demands and everything else, I think Chelsea just didn't see it as a as a good investment, especially when they already knew they had Andreas Christensen coming back and they actually yeah. wanted to yeah. try and give him a chance to to break in. I don't think we would have necessarily seen Christensen this season if if Benucci had arrived. So. Everything, uh, well, everything happens for a reason, perhaps. Mm. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it. I think it means that um, that Christensen certainly has had an opportunity he wouldn't have had otherwise, and he's probably been one of the best things about Chelsea's season, despite his recent mistakes. Fair point. I understand now. Thank you, Liam, for clarifying. <laughs> I'm clearly not very bright, but there you go. Jonathan, rescue me. Uh, email number four, Nate Piacentino. Hello, friends. I just want to start off by saying that Mo Salah is clearly the best athlete Egypt has ever seen, not only for his obvious footballing ability, but there is great potential for him to make the Olympic diving team as well. I'll pause for you to <laughs> include, include a soundbite of crickets. But seriously, Salah played like he did when he was wearing blue at Stamford Bridge, as you said before, Chidge. Absolutely. It was a great performance by Rudiger, it was, and Alonso to keep him so quiet. But perhaps the best part of the day was that we weren't blinded by the glare of Bobby Chomper's smile. Our defence played excellent, and the team was set up well to keep that dangerous front three <laughs> at bay. Hope remains for a top-four spot, but I'm just happy to see the team playing well as we head towards the FA Cup final. Up the Chelsea. Cheers, Nate. Absolutely, Nate. Yep. Um, as we've been saying in the, the in this uh, version of the podcast, yes, he was uh, he was well uh, well channeled, wasn't he? He was well um, under control of uh, of the excellent Rudiger. And as you say, the uh, Alonso as well. I thought Alonso had a good game as well. Mm. We, we haven't mentioned him very much, I'm, as well as Moses. I thought they all played very well. Defence was excellent, wasn't it? So, yeah. I'm, I'm glad he also uh, took the piss out of... Uh, he took the Mickey out of the Mickey Mouse and manager's smile. Yes. I, I have to say, you know, when I, when I shuffle off this mortal coil, one of my proudest moments... Uh, was when I was interviewed by Joe Scarborough of Morning Joe fame last week for NBC with the uh, the legend that is Tim Sausage Rolls, uh, that uh, I he asked me what I thought of Klopp in the interview, and I said he looks like Bingo off the Banana Splits. <laughs> and of course he does. <laughs> if you go and Google Bingo from the Banana Splits, the resemblance to Jurgen Klopp is uncanny. There you go. Marco, what do you reckon? I'm just Googling him now. <laughs> well, Google him and then I'll hear you laughing in the background. As sure as eggs is eggs. Well, there we go. Uh, Jonathan, as always, brilliantly read. Brilliantly read. Um, 
fantastic emails, people. Uh, keep them coming. Please keep them coming. We really, really do love getting your emails. It's, it, for us, it's the highlight of the show. Uh, it means we don't have to talk about nonsense about football uh, and, and we get to hear what you think. And that's, again, why we like to hear from you on the radio, by phone. Phone us up. We'll tell you all about it in a minute. But uh, before that, if you want to send in any emails... Get them in before Monday and send them to ChelseaFanCast <laughs> at gmail.com and they will be read. Marco is laughing. He's found the... He's so, Googled so, the image. What do you reckon, Marco? Somebody's actually... If you, if you just Google bingo banana split, somebody's actually put a picture of Klopp next to bingo. <laughs> You're right. And and the person the person who did it on Twitter is a Chelsea supporter. It's, it's, it's the roast so beef, how about that? It? it is the roast beef that yep. make it. What a set of gnashes. Yep, absolutely. What a set of gnashes. Okay, people, it's time for us to go. Uh, I really feel, I just feel the urge of saying, dear Drooper, at this stage, but I'm going to restrain myself. Uh, anybody who loved the banana splits as a kid will know what I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, we will be back. <laughs> now, if you can't, if you can't do, send us out, okay, uh, at the end of the show... By playing that on Stylophone, uh, we're doing it all wrong, Marco, and I'll, I'll let you ponder that. Anyway, we'll be back next Monday, uh, which will be May the 14th at 7 o'clock, uh, looking back at the end of the Premier League season with our matches matches against Huddersfield, which of course is tomorrow, and uh, Newcastle coming up on Sunday. And uh, it'll, all be, it'll be about can we make the top four? All will be revealed. Uh, and of course, I will be joined, as ever, by Jonathan and also Clayton Beerman and Alex Churchill. Before that, of course, uh, I will be recording the Kerry Dixon show with the one and only Kerry Dixon this Thursday. So make sure you download and listen to that from Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, et al. And of course, this Friday between 7 o'clock and 9 p.m., we'll be doing the Chelsea Fancast for Love Sport Radio. Uh, and uh, Marco, again, the wonderful Marco, Jonathan, and me will be talking all things Chelsea. Now, the best thing is that you can phone in and join in the show, as I keep saying, and debate with us live. We absolutely are desperately wanting to hear from you. Jonathan and I, and Marco, will be very, very upset if we do not hear from you. Uh, won't we, Jonathan? I will be very much so. I may even ring in. I may even ring in myself. Hang on. Oh, oh hang on. We get, we're getting a bit of banana splits. Save it to the end, Marco. Save okay, it to no. the end. I may even uh, jo- be forced to ring Jonathan, in myself. Jonathan. I may go out, out of the studio. But you're going to be there. I know. It doesn't matter. I'll just go outside and ring That'll... in just for the hell of it. But that would be very silly. What's the number that they all have to call on Friday? Uh, 720. No, 0208. 720. I'm making it up. I can't remember. I'm not looking at the script. Here we are. Okay, I'll Hang do on. it I'm for getting, you. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. You got it. I'm getting it. Yeah. So, oh, oh no. Oh god. Help. Seventy twenty five five eight. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, here we are. O two o eight seven. O two o eight five seventy twenty five five eight. Seventy twenty five five eight. Seventy twenty five five eight. There we go. Eight. Seven till nine. That's the time on Friday night. Do it, people. Do it. Uh, now, of course, uh, to listen to the show, it's easy. It's 558 on AM and uh, it's on all of the it's on the digital channels, the DAB, the DAB. Uh, but, of course, you can also listen to it on their website, which is lovesportradio.com. And you can listen to it through your radio player and tune in app. So there you go. Right. Uh, time for us to bugger off. It's been it's been we've been here enough. We've outstayed our welcome. 
But you can follow us on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chish, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Marco at Gate17, Marco, Liam at Liam underscore Toomey, and of course, check out the website, ChelseaFanCast.com. As always, huge thanks to Hion and the Fancast bloggers for their regular content going up during the week, and everything we write gets posted on Twitter and our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. So make sure you check them out, like and retweet them. And uh, of course, good luck to Alex and Hion for the fan, uh, the football blogging awards, uh, they've been nominated. We have, um, you know, got tried to get the vote out as much as we could, and hopefully that they will win. But that will that will actually be going on. We're doing the Love Sport Radio Show next week on Thursday because we're all at the Legends game. So uh, we'll we'll hopefully get Leon and uh, Alex to phone us up live at, just as they've collected their awards. That's my hope, anyway. But we shall see. Uh, right, we got to go, uh, Marco. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh no, I'm going to come to you last, and you can just try the banana splits. Then, first of all, Liam, lovely to have you on the show. As always, absolute pleasure. We're we're indebted to you for your time. Thank you very much. Lovely to be back, guys. I hope to speak to you again very soon. Yeah, you're on in a couple of weeks, mate. You've got the last show of the season, I think. That's good. You? The big the big season wrap up, mate. Who knows whether we'll the big be talking season wrap about up, it. celebrating. An FA Cup win or, yeah. or a Champions League campaign or yeah. uh, or Rafa's revenge. All of it. <laughs> oh, don't don't <laughs> even go there. Don't even go there. Don't even go there. Yes, I noticed that. So that's what have taken the lead, which is great news for my Southampton mates who were distraught uh, on Sunday or whenever it was, Saturday, and were texting me with their opprobrium of John Morse, which I heartily concur with. Uh, Jonathan, as always, uh, super to have you on the show. I look forward to seeing you again on Friday. Thank you. I look forward to it as well, Chidge. Lovely to be on with uh, such esteemed company as always. Thank you. As always. Yeah, they're great value, aren't they? They're much more sensible than you and I. Always a pleasure to listen to them. Marco, uh, always great to see you, mate. Lovely to see you on, uh, on Sunday. Great to have you on the show. Thoroughly looking forward to seeing you again on Love Sport Radio this Friday. Uh, and are you going to play us out? Beforehand? Um, we may do. If I'm, I might be driving actually, but I'm sure I can squeeze one down. But I've got a, I've got to drive straight back to Winchester afterwards this Friday. Would you believe? But uh, I might be able to give you a lift back, kind of, you know, southwest way if you're lucky. Anyway, uh, I'll see you on Friday. But thanks as always for this show. Are you going to play us out with the banana splits? Uh, let's give it a go. How's that? You Rip don't it. get that. You Rip don't. It. That's perfect, mate. You do not get that on any other Chelsea podcast. That is what makes the Chelsea fancast so special. Marco, you're a genius and a legend. I love you to pieces. I'll see you Friday. See everybody else soon. Cheers. Thank you all for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it covering, keep it Chelsea. Up the Chelsea! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.